you could see the way the Rebbe began this for bringing that we're studying a um, the direction where it was going. The Rebbe began with looking at the uh, first verse of of the giving of the Torah and how this verse is translated by Maimonides to mean you should believe in God and believe that God created the world. He uses that verse to talk about creation. And the simple translation of the verse is, I am Lord your God took you out of Egypt. And we were asking about the the seeming uh, dichotomy between these opinions. And what we discovered is like this, that there's three dimensions. There is godliness within creation, the simple translation of the verse, which is about the miracles that God used to take us out of Egypt, how God transcends creation, how God's light is infinite. And then there is God's essence, who is beyond being finite and beyond being infinite. And therefore, because he's beyond both, therefore, when things are in in the um, presence of Hashem, presence of God's essence, so the borders between the finite and the infinite infinite melt, and they're they're able to assimilate together. So this helped us understand the uh, Rambam. The Rambam talks about the mitzvah of believing in Hashem. Then he says, and if it will enter your mind, or rather, if you'll rise in upon your knowledge and you'll consider him not to exist, says Maimonides, no other creature could exist. So we're wondering about that language of the Rambam, if you'll rise in knowledge and consider Hashem not to exist, why is it considered rising in knowledge? And how is the Torah commanding us to read this? It sounds like an heretical thought. Why is the commandment of the Torah? And the answer is, there is the energy of Hashem in creation. And that's logical. There has to be a source for the world. There has to be, nothing creates itself. But if you'll rise in knowledge, you'll realize that Hashem is not only the animating force in creation, but in the language of the Rebbe Hashab, the main thing of godliness, the main thing of Hashem, is not that He creates worlds. Hashem creating, creating a world in the language of, of the Rebbe Hashab, the main thing of Hashem is not that the world is created from Him. That's not His main thing. He's beyond creation. So you'll realize He's not in the same realm as the rest of existence. He realize He's infinite. And in, the, in, that, in that light of Hashem, which is infinite, there is there's nothing of existence in that, in that infinite light of Hashem. It's beyond existence. And but that's just two realms. Then there is the essence of Hashem. And because of the essence of Hashem, it's possible for, for, for these, two, um, the, these two energies to converge. And then there's no real separation between them. Oh, Shalom Aleichem Yisrael. What a, what a great uh, gift that we have to have your presence. So on a, on a daily level, on a personal level, what does it mean, the convergence of these two ideas? On a daily level, that means... I mean, forget the day level. We learned that's the idea of, of, of the Ten, Ten Commandments. On the one hand, there's thunder, there's lightning. On the other hand, what is given to us in these thunder and lightning? What's given to us in the thunder and lightning is Hashem is saying, just behave. And we're wondering, like, why you need to be, have all the thunder and lightning? What's the majesty of this moment? Hashem could ask us anything. All of a sudden, you'll behave. Don't kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery. All the things that He commands everyone else to do. It's not, it doesn't seem to be something uniquely Jewish, unique to the giving of the Torah. Why is He... Why is he um, lowering the bar and asking us to do all these simple things? And the answer is, is that the whole point of giving the Torah is to bring a revelation of godliness in the physical world. Because a mitzvah comes from the essence of Hashem, therefore it's possible for a mitzvah to draw down the infinite light of Hashem, to how Hashem is enimotzeh, how Hashem's light is not in the realm of existence, and to bring that down into the physical reality. 
And that's something that we have to think about when we study Torah. Although we're studying Torah ourselves, and we're studying Torah, you know, as human beings, regular, just saying the words of Torah, we have to feel the majesty of the moment, that Hashem is talking to us. That in this simple act of saying the words of Torah, God himself is revealing himself to us as if we're at Mount Sinai receiving the Torah. And then they're added, and so too the rest of the day, you have to know and recognize and feel in your daily life how in those things in your daily life, there is something which is beyond in, beyond those physical things. To feel the infinite light of Hashem in those physical things. Okay. And this is especially um, something we have to pay attention to on Parshish Yisrael, which is read once a year, um, and it brings energy for the whole year. Now, we're going to continue in the second half of this Fabringen, where we spoke about how this is connected to the anniversary of the passing of his wife, Rabbi Tzanchayim Mushka. Um... Now can understand the reason why together with this great revelation of Mount Sinai and a revelation that happened to every single Jew, we keep, we're given the power to elevate the most lowest things in the world. Elevate the low, to ele, we're given the ability to elevate our own animal soul. As it says in Torah Or, that the Torah is called power and something that breaks things. The Torah is called oz, strength, power, and Toshim means it can break things. Which one is it? Is it something empowering or something that, shatter, that, that destroys? And the answer is it reveals godliness to the neshama. It makes the neshama stronger. And it takes away the uh, home court advantage, if you will, of the animal soul. It gives power to our godly soul and it weakens the strength of the animal soul. Not physically, because physically weaker, but that the animal soul shouldn't be in, in, in such control. So, when there's a revelation of the level of godliness which is within creation, the ten utterances with which you, God used to create the world, that leaves room for there to be something to uh, fight against that. Because, it's, because that revelation is also within creation. It's also limited to creation. However, when there's a revelation of Einamotzi, when there's a revelation of God's infinity as it, as it was by giving the Torah, we're given the ability and the power to uh, correct the chasar and to correct the deficiencies of, of our animal soul. In the language of Hasidus, there's something called Lamaila Yesh Lamata Ayin. Our perspective is this world is the Yesh, this world is the reality, and what happens above this world is not really existing. It's that we know it exists, but from our perspective it's like it's it's not relevant. It's not it's an it's ayin, it's nothingness. Not that it doesn't exist, but it's it's insignificant. It's negligible. That's how our earthy physical perspective. When we got to Torah Mount Sinai, there was, a, there was a revelation of the truth of Lomayliyash. The real reality is Hashem's reality. And what happened, our physical reality is a product of that. And therefore, it's ayin, it's negligible, it's irrelevant in comparison to the truth of Hashem's, Hashem's reality. So when there's a revelation of Hashem's truth in this world, this gives us the power to elevate the physical world. So that revelation, Mount Sinai, and continuing on through the study of Torah, allows us to unseat the animal soul, and to elevate the physical world. So that's the theme of the first two commandments of the Torah, believing in God. Believing in God is about how Hashem is creator, how Hashem's energy is within creation. And the second commandment, you shall not have other gods, that corresponds to the how Hashem is beyond creation. How Hashem, the, our relationship to how Hashem is not understood to us. So the negative um, Definition of godliness. Hashem is beyond creation. Hashem is infinite. Do not. 
So believe is regarding this within creation. Do not have other gods. That's highlighting the revelation of godliness, which is beyond creation. The um, this is connected also with the uh, section of Rambam that was being studied then when there was this Babrengan in 1990. Um, the Rambam concludes the book of Nashim, the book of women, where he discusses the laws of a sota, a woman who's unfaithful, and the Rambam says that a man should encourage and um, his wife and his family to, to uh, behave in a modest way until they are perfect in their behavior. As it says in the as King Solomon says, you should know that your your tent is peaceful, and you should pay attention to your um, to your residence, to your home, to your uh, and you shall you will not sin. That's the last words of the Rambam, which is an unusual thing. Usually, the Rambam is very positive at the end of his end of every every book. Here, it's like and don't sin. Like doesn't sound so good. So what is what is this what does this Rambam have to do with? What we're talking about, about the giving of the Torah, the revelation of Mount Sinai. So, Ma'an Torah, Mount Sinai was the time when God married the Jewish people. God is the husband, and whatever he tells us to do, he does it himself. And he gives us a power, and he um, cautions us that even in a situation where things aren't uh, so easy to be modest, so to speak, it's not when in a situation where you have room to think that. Um, I shouldn't really give it my all to do what Hashem wants. Uh, I'm God's wife, and I feel in the in the situation like it's okay not to be so careful about what He's asking me to do. But Hashem, like the husband, um, He empowers His wife to be the way that she needs to be. And so, to God, even in a situation where there is challenges, God empowers us to to be do the right thing. And the words um, of the Rambam, um, you will. Command your household also refers to mitzvahs because it says your children are your mitzvahs. You just like your children or your offspring, so too the good deeds that you do are, are things that come from your soul. So, and through your mitzvahs are your home, that, that's what makes a home for Hashem. So, that's the general theme of how this halach has to do with us. God is like the husband, and He encourages us and He empowers us in a situation of uh, where a person could be seduced. Not to be seduced and to follow what Hashem wants him to do. But the, what are the words about lay sechta, you shall not sin? Why end up in, in a negative um, sentence? So the, the word sechta doesn't just mean not to sin. Sechta also means perfect good. Sechta means a, a, that there's, lay sechta means there should be nothing missing. There should be perfection, and there should be no, um, nothing imperfect. Sechta doesn't just mean sin, sechta means a chesern, something that's not a um, deficiency. There shouldn't be any deficiencies. So that not only are you doing the right thing, but you're able to transform the negative to good, you have to transform the mitzvahs into sins. Uh, no, don't do that. <laughs> transform the sins into mitzvahs. Okay, sorry, all right. Um, scratch that. Okay, this is... Um, this is the, this is the perf- perfection of the service of Hashem of the average person, the benini. And even in a situation where there's a possibility that he should sechta, that he should have a thought in his mind not do the right thing, but he he gives it his all, he strengthens himself, and as soon as that thought enters his mind, he pushes it away with both hands. My great-great-grandfather used to say, why is Altima say both hands? Because if you're not pushing, pushing the thought away with both hands, one of your hands is bringing it close to you. 
Pushing with, with both hands means you reject it utterly and completely. No, it has no place in my life. Um, so, this is how God takes care of every Jew. And from the way God takes care of the Jewish people, um, that brings this power to each Jew to behave in the same way as God. Um, and men and women, and actually when Moshe spoke to the Jewish people about receiving the Torah, he spoke to the women first. So, uh, then in order, Hashem said, you know, I gave you the, the, the mitzvah of not eating from the tree of knowledge, and I told the men first, didn't work. So I'm going to tell the women, women uh, this mitzvah first. The, 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 I told Moshe, I'm going to speak to the women first, and only then um, tell the men the law, the about the giving of the Torah. So, um, so, so th- this idea of being empowered to uh, empower your household and instruct and empower others, like Hashem is empowering us, is something that Hashem gives to every Jew. We, we are, we are, mirror, we mirror Hashem's ways, and if Hashem is empowering us and giving us the strength to act in the right way in a situation of challenge, He's also empowering us to do the same, to do the same thing in our homes. Okay. Now we can also see a lesson from this for the yard side of Rebbe Zinchai Mushka. On the day of the yard side of a tzaddik or of a tzaddikus, there are two opposite things that happen. Two opposite things. There's, there's your home being complete and there not being a deficiency. There is the soul ascending to a higher place, similar to what we learned earlier about um, the godliness which is beyond creation. And then there is from that new place the soul ascends to, what does the soul do? It channels salvation upon the earth. So the soul goes to a higher place, sort of like the idea we learned about Hashem's infinity beyond creation, and the soul channels God, or salvation in the world, which is, um, which is the opposite. The, 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 translation, the two translations of, of, of Anochi, either Anochi Hashem Al-Kacha is referring to, as the Ramah says, creation of the world, or Anochi is referring to how Hashem does miracles beyond creation. So to, these two things, these two phenomena exist on the earth side. The soul ascends, and it channels more salvation to the world. This is also related to the name of the Rebson. Her name is Chaya Mushka. Chaya means life. Life comes from the source of life, from God's essence, and is drawn down in the life of the soul into not just life of the soul, which is a part of Hashem, but in our actual life, as is hinted to by the last letter of her name, Chaya. The letter He is connected to the five sources of speech in the mouth, which the source of those five parts of the mouth, if you went to the, the origin of those five parts of the mouth, you would come to the ten utterances with which Hashem used to create the world, the source of creation. So Chaya means life, and life is in a simple sense, and the extra hey indicates the source of life, how the, just like Hashem used words to create the world, so... Um, so these, that, those words are the source of life. So Chaya, we have the Rebetzin's second name, Mushka, which is not a Hebrew word. It's not a language of Yiddish is not considered a, as holy, a, a holy tongue, Lashon Kodesh. Yiddish is a, 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 a language which is not holy, and yet it was elevated by many, uh, by, by, by the Jewish people using this language. They elevated this language. We find many tzaddikim who have two names, the first name in Hebrew, and the second name in Yiddish. And through their second name, specifically the end of their name, they, there's a higher elevation, that from 
Laz. Laz is an acronym for the words Loshan Amzu, the, what uh, this country speaks. From Loshan Amzu, from the language the country speaks, there is a transformation of Amzu Yitzhak Lost Peru that um, the Jewish people tell the praise of Hashem. They're using the language of the country, and yet in their discussions in that country, they are praising Hashem. It's similar to the the, the sapphire, Dr. Preston's very into sapphire because a new F uh, 35. 35s um, uh, is used to, to, to for the radar cones of the, of the planes. So the Libna Sasapir, which was by the giving of the Torah, um, it doesn't, not, not only did, was, was the um, Ten Commandments created by that, but the Rebbe's referring to it, it says they saw under God's uh, throne, they saw the shining of the sapphire. When they saw the chariot of Hashem, they saw the sapphire. So the word sapphire in Hebrew is related to the word brick. The difference in a brick and a stone is that a brick is man-made. So the idea of a brick in our context is that a Jew is able to transform man-made. The, the idea of the second name of Rebbe, it's Rebbe Mushka, her name which is not a holy name. It's a name which is coming from a language that the people speak, that the, 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 the Gentiles speak. That represents a transformation of the unholy to the holy. In a similar way, that as giving the Torah, we have the sapphire, which is the same language as the word brick. The transform something which is made by human beings, not a stone, which is a uh, which is made by God, but the human beings transform the physical world and make it holy. And especially her name Mushka is also means fragrance. Uh, the neshama has enjoys a fragrance, and there's no. It says the highest power or faculty of the soul is. Pleasure. So the sham itself has 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 